Greetings, friend. If you're listening to this, that means you've successfully tapped into the Let Me Play side quest verse. And if you didn't understand that reference, then that is your cue to promptly tap out of this episode because you need to watch the movie Everything Everywhere all at once before you listen to this episode. And lucky for you, if you're listening to this pre-Oscar season, you can probably catch a theatrical re-release, or you can find it on Amazon. So, go hunt, and we'll be here when you return. Okay, great. Now that everybody here has seen the movie... Wow, what a wild ride, isn't it? Like, I've seen this movie six times, and every time I've watched it, I mean, it feels like I'm voluntarily signing myself up for either therapy or just to be stabbed. It hurts the same, but I like it. It's absolutely the best kind of hurt. So I am coming to you fresh after my sixth screening of this movie, and let me tell you, it just, it holds strong. There are a few movies with as high rewatchability as this one, at least for me, and I definitely get something more every time I watch this movie. And I think that that's because this film is just a choice example of maximalist cinema. Everybody came out to play, which of course is what I love, but all of the crew members' craftsmanship is visible. You can see it. You can see how this movie and feel how this movie was made with love. Personally, the things I love about this movie are, again, the maximalist cinema, the way that every craft is really leaned into, and you can see it and notice it, but yet it all feels very intentional. Supporting that maximalist craft, I love the choice to rely a lot on practical effects, which are special effects done on set rather than completely visual effects created in computers, which often don't look as real to me and often distract or take me out from the narrative at hand. So it was really cool. It's always been really cool for me to watch this film because of the unique balance of the two. I also really enjoyed the kinesthetic camera work where it seemed like every frame was not only intentional in that it was helping to tell the story, but helping to tell the story through movement. Anyone who knows my storytelling preferences also will probably guess that I loved the absurdist humor in this film, and I also really vibed with the complex themes and characters and story structure because this film is so simple, but it's also super messy. It's a very exciting and engaging watch the whole way through, at least for me. I found that I was emotionally, psychologically, philosophically, intellectually, artistically, and even spiritually stimulated by this film, which in my experience, this is only the second film to have that effect on me and to have that effect on me six times in a row and still more for me to experience from it, I'm sure. Every time I watch it, it's also a very healing film for me, too, and I know that when I get out from seeing it, I'm just going to leave feeling inspired and energized and just more full. It's really rare for me to find a a piece of art, regardless of medium, like that, so this film is really special, and I'm so glad that it found me when it did. 
I think anyone who watches it and enjoyed and appreciated the watch will agree that it's definitely a piece of experiential cinema where you watch it and it's a it is a ride to just go ahead and hop on that cliche. But I, I timed it this time and for a film with such an unassuming logline, like immigrant family struggles to file their taxes under audit. It only takes about eight minutes to to go off, start going off the deep end, and I'm here for it. Like it really, it really goes in. And once you're in, you are riding that wave all the way through. And it's a violent ride, I would say. Like it starts, it stops, it keeps going, it brings you up, it takes you down, it slings you across the room, it sucks you back in, and you feel that. And it's also a crazy watch because it is such a specific story, but it's so universally resonant with people. And so many people love it for so many different reasons. For example, in my viewing experience, I couldn't be more removed from the Asian American immigrant experience or growing up in a traditional Asian household. But it turns out I didn't need that knowledge or experience to watch the film and just feel the active empathy for Evelyn, Wayman, Joy, Deidre, every all of the characters to wash over me. And this film does such a good job of creating those spaces for you to practice empathy if you want to and let you, the viewer, connect the dots between the characters for that bridge of empathy to be built. Each time I've watched the film, I've been able to foster empathy for all of the characters, which I think the film does an amazing job at. But when I watched it this time, I was really focusing on the main thing I was empathizing with Evelyn, Waymond, and Joy. With Evelyn, it's her grievance of her lost potential or her lost perception of potential because I have spent so long focusing on potential itself and I guess daydreaming or just dreaming in general, fantasizing maybe about all of the things that I could be or I should be or I would be. And as time goes on and you pursue different paths and grow different branches, more of those buds are going to close up and those leaves are going to fall off and those options and choices just aren't going to be there anymore. But others will. So I definitely empathized with Evelyn on that and feeling like she was remorseful or regretful for all of the things that she didn't get to do, especially when she did pop into the other universes where she got to see what those lives would have been. With Waymond, every time I've watched it, I've empathized with his kindness being overlooked and mistaken as a weakness. I also empathized with his feeling of immense love for the people that he cares about, but also the complex feelings of heartbreak and needing to take care of himself so that he can spread his light elsewhere. And I deeply empathize with Joy because I have always been floating around the existential, potentially nihilistic waters. I'll say that the fault line between everything mattering and nothing mattering is really steep and tumultuous. And actually, it's more of a quadrant because there's so much pressure between everything mattering and nothing mattering in a negative way. And then everything mattering 
and nothing mattering in a positive, more freeing way. And I think that that's the journey that she's on. And when I found the film, I was more so on the latter half of that quadrant as well. So I very much empathized with her longing to feel seen, heard, and appreciated, but also to create belief and worth in herself to feel more confident and more at peace with herself wherever she went. And that's evidenced by all of the identity seeking, which is part of the longing that she experiences because she, as Jobu Tabaki, is constantly changing her form. She has the ability and the power, but also the weight to be able to transform into all of these personas of herself and literally has the worlds at her fingertips. So she's constantly changing form, her wardrobe and costumes, another example of peak, like, maximalist craftsmanship, and she only stops changing and sort of settles into a more constant form when she grounds herself with Evelyn towards the end of the movie. So I've been able to foster empathy for all of the characters in the film, but those three were the ones that allowed me to experience the film on my first watch as if all of myself and all of my multiverses were watching it together. I was watching it as joy and identity-seeking kid with the pressure of potential just looming over her. I was watching as Waymond, fresh off of a heartbreak, but also a heartfulness that I had never experienced before. And I was also watching as Evelyn, someone who has gone through a lot of their life and seen a lot of opportunities missed, but is taking the time and effort to reclaim the agency and take back over the rest of the life ahead of them. And considering all of that, after my first watch of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was in April, literally the day after the wrap party for Harold and the Purple Crayon, I felt like it was a culmination of everything I set out to do with Let Me Play, which I thought was really poetic. Someone else who has a really poetic story about the first time they watched Everything Everywhere All at Once is our guest on the SideQuest episode today, Dan. Dan had the amazing experience of not only getting to watch Everything Everywhere All at Once, but he actually got to work on it and, I say, live it for a little while out in California. He was a set production assistant on this movie, and when I found out about that on my last day on Herald, I knew that I needed to go see the movie, first of all, and then also to ask him all the things about it. So, this is that. Before we get into that conversation, though, which is more about his personal experience working on the film and some stories and that sort of thing, rather than a, a commentary, I do want to share one personal experience of mine as a viewer and how watching the movie has had an effect on my life afterward. There are so many things about this movie that I love so deeply and that resonate with me on a really deep reverberant chord. But the main takeaway I had from it and continue to have from it was the theme of fighting with love, which is not something that we see often or is presented often in this age of action movies and superhero genres and 
all of that sort of thing, we do see a lot of fight sequences and active fighting, usually very violent, even if it's not gory or bloody or anything. And then on the other end, we see a lot of comedies and dramas where there's sort of this love conquers all kind of cliche theme. And usually the two main characters get together in the end with sort of predictable messiness, but nothing that can't be tidied. But this movie was really interesting to me because it took both of those themes and then twisted them up and made them messy and made the hero of the movie, in my opinion, Waymond, and not for his aggression, but for his aggressive affection, his kindness. It was so moving to me to first see that because at his core and at my core, I think we're both very kind and we're also both, we prefer things to be silly. And I felt like I had held that genuine kindness and that genuine silliness back in myself for so long that it was just really relieving to see it be celebrated in this middle-aged man who puts googly eyes on everything. So that was my main takeaway the first time I watched the film in April, and I held on to that and was thinking about it and started letting that inform my decisions when I was faced with insecurities. So when I didn't want to approach people or I was intimidated by people, which happens a lot, I would tell myself to be Waymond or I would ask myself, what would Waymond do? Or what I started telling myself was when I knew that I had two options in front of me and I wanted to choose the more selfish or the easier one, but I knew I would feel somewhat guilty about it. I would tell myself, fight with love, Sarah, fight with love. (laughs) And every time my conscience has kicked in and I've done that, I've chosen to fight with love and I felt good about my decisions and I can see that the other people who were affected by them also appreciated my decisions, even if they weren't aware that it was a decision I had to make. So on my Fight with Love Day on June 11th of 2022, it had been several months since I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once for the first time. And that day was the day of my first Aikido rank test which consequently was also my first ever martial arts test. The way that my dojo works is that they don't test you unless they know that you're ready to be tested. Basically, they've seen you do all of the material and they know that you know the subject material going in. So the test itself is more so a demonstration of knowledge and a celebration within the Aikido community rather than an assessment or something negative designed to hold you back. And so I knew going into the test that I was going to pass, so I wasn't nervous about taking the test really. But the whole drive there, I felt this intense pull and outpouring of my art space and I was literally like weeping the whole way there not because again not because I was nervous but because it was the first time I felt proud of myself for achieving something authentic to myself by myself so I allowed myself to feel that love and feel that emotion all the way there and then I like dried myself up before the test and then I took the test and 
I passed and we celebrated. And then right after that, I sat in the sauna for a little bit as I want to do. And then I went to go see everything everywhere all at once again because it was still in the theaters. And let me tell you, I've cried at some point during most of the times that I've watched this film. But that second day, my fight with love day, after that rank testing, I basically cried from start to finish. Again, not of sad tears, but just I think as an affirmation that I do have agency, I am making moves in my little universe and that my journey is one worth pursuing. So now that you know a little bit about why I love this movie so much and that while I had nothing to do with it, I feel like I made it, (laughs) I invite you to go ahead and switch your shoes to the wrong feet, turn your shirt inside out, and give me some jazz hands so you can tap in to the episode with Dan. Hey, friend. Hey, what's up? I'm so excited to talk to you. I know. It's been been too long. I know. Well, I'm super duper excited to talk to you because you are the best person for me to gush about my probably favorite movie potentially ever with that I've seen five times called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, it was a good one. It's a really good one. I'm excited to talk to you about it because you not only are a fan of the movie, but you actually got to work on it and to sort of live it, I guess, for at least a little while. Yeah, some may say uh, it was boots on the ground. Yeah, literally. Yep. (laughs) Every day. Every day. I think I only missed... There's a week of reshoots. Uh Uh-huh. Like a year later, almost. Oh, wow. Um, that I was already working on a show. Mm-hmm. I just not going to leave for a week. Um, I think it was, I don't know who filmed the rock scene. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't a lot of crew. I didn't think that you would have been there for but, that. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't there. Yeah. It was probably one of my favorite scenes, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, Such a good universe. Right. Uh, but yeah, for the rest of it, yeah, all the principal photography. That's so cool. Um, can you start by sort of just contextualizing what you did on it and sort of like what your day-to-day was and your role and everything? Yeah, I was one of the set production assistants with the background. Mm-hmm. So usually if it's not like a heavy background day, you just fall in and help with the usual day-to-day stuff. But it was, um, there were several, you know, there was actually a lot of decently uh, staff days with background. We had like, we spent six weeks in the building where we did all the IRS stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, like there was a bunch of also other sets in that building. A lot of places filmed there in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um. And 
So we had we had a good chunk, and then like the last two weeks, there was a lot of background because that's when we did all the alternate universes, like the movie theater scene, and also like that was all on location. That's like that was our own location time the last two weeks, which I can get into that more. Mm-hmm. There was some really cool shit we filmed. Yeah, I hope you do. Yeah, and. But so I, you really, so I process the background in the sense that they come in in the morning. I check them in if they're running late, find out where they are. If they're not going to come in, you try to rush call, blah, blah, blah. You then you get them dressed, sing them with their hair and makeup, make sure everybody's approved. Then you, if you have time, you always try to read them the scene and what's going on so they're not just in the dark out there, not, you know, because they have to act to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. If you ever watch any really good movie, the background actually like sells some of the shots really well, you mm-hmm. know. So you always want to try to have it on par and on point, and you know, have a well, um, have fully explained well to the group what you're doing. You know, you you get them ready, you take them to set, and you work kind of directly with the second second ADs, my buddy Ken. And the first AD and you, they chat, you know, they'll chat with the director about, you know, what they're going to be doing. You get them props, then you put them out there and set them and try to make it look good. And hopefully they don't mess it up or, you know, all of that, that in between, Mm -hmm. you know, undress them, get them home, sign them out. And then you have to do some paperwork and do a little math and send that off and get out of there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what you, that's like the day. The you day, know? the and day. there's like, you know, sometimes there's different scenes and you got to change them and move them around. It's just, you know, hurting people professionally. And that's what I did. And it was really cool. And I actually didn't know anything really about the movie when I took the job. Oh, you didn't? No, I was huh. on a really not fun TV show, that's all I'm going to say, in L.A., mm-hmm. and me and the second second Ken became, like, really close because we actually had, like, we had, like, mutual friends, and we, like, kind of figured that out on the prep day, and we we didn't really like the rest of our staff, mm-hmm. so we bonded, mm-hmm. um, and he was leaving right before the Christmas break. He was like, I'm going to go do this movie with some guys I know, and I just looked uh-huh. at him and I was like, hey, dude, I don't want to do this show without you. <laughs> take me with you you like, clung to him I was, like, I was like please just get me an interview dude at least yeah I get out of here i can't Whoa. just with like you were like my like you know if you have like at least one or a couple people on a show that's like whether you're not vibing with your team or it's just um because like every filming day is going to be hard to an extent, but there's all these other elements that just like not that cannot be fun. And if you're going to be away all that time, you try to put yourself in good situations. So I was just like, get me an interview. At least he did that, and I took the job. And I don't want to admit this, but I probably only read like forty pages of the script. Mm-hmm. You always want to read the script on any job you do more yeah. than once. Understand it. Um, especially in, you know, the AD department, PA is your part of that department. You should know things. Mm-hmm. Especially um, if you're helping set yeah, up the scene. Yeah, so. Tell the story. But in, in those 40 pages, I was like, holy shit. I was like, <laughs> like what in the fuck is this? <laughs> but it was, it, it sounded fun. It sounded, you know, a lot different than anything I had done that I'd been a part of. And I was like, okay, cool. 
Um, and so that was kind of, and he got, I just went and met the rest of the team, the rest of the eighties, like once, and it was pretty much a go. And it was, uh, I'm really glad I worked on it. And there's so much, there's so many like elements about my life in that time. Yeah. And one of them, I just like, this is going to spark a lot more conversation. Okay, good. So I don't want to say it just yet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm still on the fence. So, but that's my day to day. Okay. On that, on that movie, on that project. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that sounds like a relatively straightforward day to day with the caveat of it this being an absolutely absurd and insane premise. There's a deal fight. There's there is, yeah. Um and a and hot dog fingers and all sorts of other things. Um so what's so what's so hold on, hold on. what's so crazy uh-huh. about the movie is there's all this splitting off and all this diverging yeah and different storylines. Yeah. I have so many things to say in that sense from this movie right now that I feel like I could go in like a million different directions. That's the whole thing about the movie though. Like you're watching it and you are literally going off in a million different directions. Yeah, there's like it's so crazy because the movie there it, the genre is probably technically, you know, it's sci-fi. Mhm. Uh comedy. Mm, it's definitely a drama. Uh, it's definitely action in the sense of the martial arts and, yeah. and the kung fu. Yeah, crazy story about that. I mean, it's it's like it's the Matrix, right? It's mm-hmm. the one. It's like probably like the best martial arts movie. You know, um, it's it's got all these like deep notes, and it's kind of like an independent avant garde movie at the same time. You right? Know? It's like it's all these things and. When you watch it, it's just like, you're just like, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. No, it's high concept and it's low concept at yeah, the same time. It's, it's everything and it's nothing. It's like, it's so wild. And it's, um, I have, I have, a, I have several Asian friends and one of my Asian friends, Nicole Shiganuma, love her. She was like, it, it hit home. Yeah. For like, and that was one of the cool things about it is just, it's a predominant Chinese, I, I believe Chinese movie mm-hmm. and we'll say Asian culture in the whole. And it's so awesome because everyone in that movie is super talented. And I've always liked Michelle Yeoh a lot. And oh, she's yeah, like a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. And she was just a total pro. And then you have the scream queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, JLC, like love her super nice, super professional. Um, and then, uh, Key, who played, um, uh, uh, Wayman, mm-hmm. nicest, sweetest, like, just wants to be there. Yeah. You know, and then there's the legend, James Hong, you know, almost 500 IMDb credits. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Stephanie's really talented too. And it's just, um, it was, it was nuts. And... Every day was a, a journey. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm also, sure. like the Daniels, you know, they're um, they're men of the people, if you will. There's mm-hmm. no you. You don't feel that separation on like the in the hierarchy of like a film set. Mm-hmm. Those guys. Mm-hmm. 
and they give out, they gave out, I want to say it was, I think it was every Friday. I don't want to misspeak. I feel like it was every Friday, but it could have been every day. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Um, but I feel like it was like at least once a week mm-hmm. they gave out awards to different crew members for something that week they did. That oh, was, that's really cute. Like if they had like a really hard day, a really busy day, and they, you know, showed up, performed, did their job, but did it well, you know, you got like a medal and a mug. And oh, virtually wow. before in the shoot, like everybody got one. Yeah, of course. So it was of like, course. it wasn't super like, but they like definitely went out of their way to give a mug. And it was like the mugs either had like a everything bagel on it with a saying, or it was like the hot dog hand universe. Yeah. Like the two mugs. Yeah. And then you got a medal with a raccoon on it. <laughs> so cute. So, um, and they did, you know, I'm, I'm not like a downer or like to rain anyone's parade, but they also did every day like the morning warm up, mm-hmm. which whoever led it got to decide what you did. Mm-hmm. Some days it was stretching, some days it was meditation. One other day it was like slow mo fighting, but they did one of or some day one day it was just dancing, <laughs> and they did that. We did that every day, oh my so gosh. it was like it was a good place to be. There was no attitudes, no super egos. It was. It was a really good, like, environment to have mm-hmm. when making something like that. Mm. Well, that's really, like, heartwarming to hear because just watching the movie... I mean, I was having my own personal experience watching this movie over and over again. But I could feel that each piece and each element of it was made you know, from a place of love, a place of like craftsmanship and a place of community, which you don't often feel a lot of the times with like, especially like the bigger studio movies coming out, I think. Um, So it's really sweet to hear you saying things like that. Like that's sort of what your onset experience was like. Would you say that? Yeah, totally. It was, um, I mean, there, you know, there's, I, I'll put it like this. That movie, there were so many things, like I said, that were going on around the time after, after I was done with it, um, that like were like kind of pointing it and was like, oh, like this movie means a lot more to me than other ones have, like yeah. big time. Um, like day one, they did, this ceremony it was like a Chinese good luck ceremony with like the roasted pig mm-hmm. this whole table it's like the red linen table cloth and everybody had an incense and you went up and put it out it was like a whole like good luck tradition they did day one and what was crazy is ADs being ADs we're like alright just keep the background aside we're gonna do this real quick for the cast and crew and so I was like, okay, cool. And so I went inside just to say, everybody, hang here one second. I want to do something. So everybody's staying here. It won't be long. And Jamie Lee Curtis comes through. And she goes, they should, she points, she like, point, like kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, all the background, they should come out and be a part of this. Mm. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Let's you get got it. In. I was like, I was then told ladies, I was like, hey guys, this is what's happening. <laughs> and they were like, okay, cool. As like, per Jamie. Like they don't, they were like, okay, fine. Oh. You know, it's like, in the mind of an AD, you're just like, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
try to be a De- Debbie Downer, but, you know, background, take pictures and do something silly. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get, so you always yeah. play it safe. But It's a safety thing. Jamie Lee says, bring them out. Yes, ma'am. Here they come. Because it is, I felt like it was the right thing to do, too. Like, I was just... I was just operating professionally. Yeah, and I of was course. Like, yeah, let's bring him out there. <laughs> um, and so that was really cool. And they took a big, big, nice picture. And what I brought today, oh my gosh. I want to say they gave this to me that day. Uh-huh. I can't remember, but the, whenever they gave it to me, it doesn't matter. But they gave us this, uh, it's like a Lunar New Year tradition. Uh-huh to hand out red envelopes and there's like different designs on them i can't pronounce the name of what this is called but i know that like there's things i read up on it and little things like you have to accept it with two hands there can't be like a crispy bill in here or like a damaged bill has to be like nice and crisp oh wow and but it's it's more the red envelope is more of the symbolism but, you know, money's good luck, getting money. Yeah, right? It's a yeah. part of this for um, good luck, prosperity, all those cool things. And so they gave me this one, and it was, like, really nice. I thought the envelope was, like, super nice. Mm-hmm. And it's got my, like, uh, it's got a little $2 <gasps> bill. Oh, my gosh, how lucky. Yeah, so. And super crispy still. So what I did with this was I was, you know, I'm not super, really superstitious and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? I've, we filmed that movie in 2020, and I've ridden around with this in the visor of my car every day. Whoa. Yeah. It's always in my car. I never take it out. Wow. So if my car gets stolen, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, just for that. So maybe I should start taking it out. (laughs) Maybe I'll leave it in my room. Well, you just had to take your car to the shop, too. So I'm I'm glad it was still there if you left it there. Exactly. Oh, that's so sweet of them, though. And to put a $2 bill in it is even more. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's a really nice envelope. Oh, and it's like, it's a different mouse. It's the year of the mouse, I guess, or the rat. Rat, I'm not sure. Probably. Wow. So I was like, that's really, it was a lot of that, you know? Yeah. And then Key, who played Wayman, who's also short round. And uh, Data, Goonies, what's up? He also put, and I do this thing on set called $5 Friday, where everybody, like, puts money in for a raffle. It's a fun little thing they do. And Wayman put in for all the PAs, and my name got pulled. He got to pull it, and my name came out. He's like, Dad, oh, Dad. Wow. He's like, you won. And I was like, sick. <laughs> I was like, Wayman's sick, bro. <laughs> he came through for you. Yeah, so That's it so was a um, really cool environment. Then that it is so wild because the thing I didn't want to say earlier, mm-hmm. but that was the very last movie I did before COVID. I was wondering where very this took place. Very last thing, and the I remember it was so weird because we had a lot of background like the last week. Yeah, and that's when the COVID started to ramp up. Right, I started getting these like little waivers for the background of the sun. I was like, "This is weird." I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> and so, forge ahead, and they started having like they were like, "This will be our last week. We're going to complete additional photography. We'll let you know about you know um, additional photography." Blah 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 blah. So we finished in downtown LA on a Friday. Before the Monday where everything shut down. Right. So Saturday morning at like 7 a.m., we were wrapping out, almost done in base camp. And I like see all these people with like boxes with their like keyboards and their office shit. 
going to their cars and the drive home was like empty streets mm-hmm. and it was really weird whoa like and, end of the world yeah it yeah. was really weird it was like something's not right that's so after creepy. finishing that movie whoa yeah. that's whoa you tapped into the wrong universe yeah so that was uh <laughs> that was like one of those things i was talking about where i was kind of like whoa yeah oh my gosh i bet that was crazy just to there's experience. something i really want to talk about but i want to save it towards the end because okay it's, it's so mm, it's like okay perfect. it's perfect it's well yeah perfect. if it's perfect you have to save it yeah <laughs> but that's that is really crazy because i was wondering um when this like shot like when production was like where it fell into the covid timeline because it seemed like it lined right up but wow that's even like january mid-january to early mid-march of 2020 oh yep yeah yeah okay so really short um short production then january to march yeah something like 30 40 days i think yeah i've been I don't think it was quite 50. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, that's, like, a standard movie. Mm-hmm. Like, a big, like, Transformer movie, yeah, that's, like, a hundred-something day shoot. Sure. Right. But something like that, like, a little, which is kind of like an indie movie, you mm-hmm. know, like, something like that, like, 20 to 40 days is pretty standard. standard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was I amazing. Think Harold was 40-something days. No, Harold was a 50. I think it was, it was 50. closer it to 50. It was 50. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but wow, to have it tail off right in March, like yeah. when everything started, that's it's wild. That is insane. That sort of happened to me too, but not in the dramatic way like that. <laughs> well, it was like you're in the you're you're in base camp, you know. There's like sometimes you have a drink, and I wasn't drunk by any means, but I had a drink, and I was like, I saw these people like exiting, and I was like, they had like their keyboards. I was like, oh fuck, like this is real. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, okay. And then it was six months of no filming. And then they came back and did the reshoots? Yeah, that would, no, that was even like, I think that was the, that was the following year. Oh. Because it came out that, remember it came out this year. Yeah. So it came out earlier this year. Yeah. I saw it in December, which is what I'm going to talk about later. Okay. (laughs) Um, But. Yeah, it was really cool. And what's really cool is about two weeks into shooting, we had shot a lot of the, we shot a good bit of the, um, what was the last name? The Wong family? That was the name, Wongs, the Wongs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There, sit down with Jamie Lee Curtis in the IRS office. Fantastic. We shot some, a lot of that. And then we shot a lot of the fanny pack mm-hmm. fight scene. Amazing scene. Yes. I mean, you should have seen us setting up the shot for when it's like the ground level shot of the fanny pack spinning around. The gr- group department built a lot of cool little rigs. Oh, I'm sure. For that movie. Like, especially the chair flying back. Yeah. Uh, that was the whole, like, you know, that was a practical shot that they, you know. Yeah. They actually, like, pulled her on a, like, rickshaw thing with a seat on it, and it was pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah. And they, had to, like, they had to, like, build a little something special for it, you know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's just, I mean, you might as well, like, go down that rabbit hole for a second, because one of the things I love about this movie is just how much of a reliance on practical effects and craftsmanship there are. Um, yeah, there's a lot of special effects in that movie that was super cool. They had a good team. 
Yeah. Super nice guys. Um, I mean, just the end scene with all the paper flying around was yeah. a whole ordeal. Like, everybody sure. was throwing paper <laughs> into the fans and stuff. Yeah. And the big Ritter fans. And we were... Wow. Like, all hands on deck. Like, everybody's throwing uh, Yeah, paper. like, yeah. PAs were helping. Like, yeah. special effects guys. Like, some props. Like, you know, it was everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a whole day of just inserts. Like, there was, like, two or three days wow. where we just took one. We only shot one camera, which was awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, most of the time it was one camera and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we had the camera operator from La La Land. That helps. Yes. Uh, there's this guy named Ari. He's super talented. Uh, he's done, I think some, he's done some pretty big movies. He's a really talented guy. Um, the DP was really talented. He's done a lot of um, very popular music videos, but it's a really talented guy. Uh, I had actually worked with the set designer on another movie mm-hmm. called Sorry to Bother You. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, another one of the little quirky movies that I found myself on, mm-hmm. which was his own special thing and crazy fucking thing. Yeah, but (laughs) yeah, and that but that was you know it was in a special place too, all shot in Oakland, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Um, heartfelt, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so um, I knew, and and, so, anyways, like knowing all these things, like it was you know in the cast. So about two weeks in, at lunch, they brought a projector and did like a little screening. Of what they had shot already. Oh. And like the. For everybody? Yeah. Like all in the lunchroom. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. Now, like the kung fu fight scene, like there was like some wires still on people. Of course, and like yeah. the, they hadn't done it. wasn't a full edit, but it was like a rough cut. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. I was like, this is going to be good. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be. Fun. Like Jamie Lee was hilarious. Oh, well, naturally. I mean, you weren't expecting less, but you like see it and you're like, that's what we shot. That's good. Yeah. 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 So like. Two weeks in, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Flash forward to us, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, hanging on wires doing kung fu stuff. I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> they have her, like, ripping off a door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is insane. When she, like, really taps into the, like, the, like, bull persona. Bagel, bagel yeah. follower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was, every like, time, terrifying. I know that people can't see this, but, like, start on set. Every time she walked by, I go. <laughs> Do That's the bagel really sign on my forehead. <laughs> That's really funny. Would she do it back? Sometimes, yeah. Like she, she, she got a little kick out of it. I'm sure she yeah. did. She seems like such a delight. To yeah, be and just while we're on her, I might as well have this conversation. Okay. There was um, a day where we were out. We were at the laundromat. Mm-hmm. We didn't spend around there like maybe four days. Oh, really? Yeah. That's surprising because there's so many scenes there, like longer yeah. scenes. Well, that their apartment was a stage built. Yeah. At the place where we spent the first six weeks. Yeah. But the downstairs on the laundry mat was. Um, we were there having lunch. Mm-hmm. It was me and my buddy Ken, second second, and our still photographer Allison. We were just sitting out front, like twenty five minutes left on lunch, and. Just having a conversation, normal life, BS, shooting the shit, and here comes Jamie Lee and just sits right down the curb, right next to us, and like gracefully joins our conversation, like, of course, um, (laughs) and 
she's just like a part of our conversation for like 15 minutes. Whoa. It was talking about like life shit, like real human person to person stuff. And she gets up and walks away and Ken or AD is like, yeah, he's like, you guys need to remember that. Shit Whoa. doesn't happen often. What a magical moment. Yeah, it was like really cool. You know, like fanboy out, but like at the same time, it's like you're in that industry and when certain people of a certain statute and caliber and a history and a resume and all those things um, meets you on a human level, I mean, you like see it all here and there, but it's just not, it's like it reminds you that these people are people. Yeah. You know, and um, they have lives too. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to sit down and just have that moment. I also met her on the first day of filming at like 5.30 a.m. Oh, my gosh. What an introduction. Yeah. And I was just like, she was so nice and sweet and was like, hey, do you know her hair and makeup is? Like, no, Jamie, but we'll find it together. Oh. I saw her from while. I was like, oh, fuck, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Let me go help. No, I was just like where our path was like, Whoa. I was like, I was like, so, you know, I'm one of the first people here. Like somebody should be with the cast and help them. Yeah. That's what you do. You know? Yeah. Um. But it was like, I could tell from like, it was like this big, it was like a huge office space and it was like a long hallway. And I, saw, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I think that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, Wake up. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. Not <laughs> oh that she, not that no, at no reason am I saying this because she's like intense or anything like that. But it's just like, you know, you meet these people and it's, you just want to, first impressions are everything. Exactly. You know, and you want to like, you know, you want to be... Anytime you're working with people in the film industry, you they you want to be somebody they can trust mm-hmm. and they know is not going to like you know lead them astray, bad information, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good to work with. So she always want to make a good first impression. Yeah, but yes, and then Michelle Yeoh. I mean, oh my god, I was a James Bond kid growing up. Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> She's so badass in that movie. She's amazing. I asked her about a lot of the stunts in that movie. She entertained me. Oh wow! Yeah, she she, got some insight. Yeah, she she was nice enough to answer my questions. That's so sweet. Yeah, it was um, it was really cool. Like the motorcycle stunt. I've never seen the movie, but it's a pretty intricate stunt. Yeah, they like tandem ride this motorcycle handcuffed, and it's uh, she's like she's super nice lady, very, and she's a legend. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. she's been, you know, kicking ass since the, I want to say the eighties, early eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it was star studded, in the sense all those people, you know, super into it, and I think everybody had a dog in the fight that was working on that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. It seemed like definitely a collaborative piece and again a heartfelt piece as well um on the michelle yobit i loved that they sort of incorporated some of her real like like michelle's footage in there too like like the crazy rich asians sort of like red carpet stuff that was kind of funny um and definitely like helped really sell the multi-universe like jumping and all that sort of thing the the scene like that whole when they're like slashing between these universes at the end it's just so much it's just like you know they have the divorce hanging over their head 
Wayman's happy with being happy and kind and loving the life he has. Can tell that. Um, what was her, what was her name in the movie? I can't. What? What was it? Michelle's. Yeah, Evelyn. Evelyn. Tell Evelyn's not. You know, it's very apparent that she's jaded. Yes. And um, just to like, it's like they. It's like they took all the inner thoughts and visions you have about yourself and made you live through it. Like, right. Like if you if you could like all the stuff we like beat ourselves up about and say we should have go to coulda the excuses all of that if you like time traveled through that. Yeah. That's what that shit was like. Oh to my me. gosh. And so it was like it's like taking all the crap that's in you like how your visions of yourself, what you want to be, what you're not, what you couldn't be, all that, including the other persons and that you're with and you're married to and your entire family, and you just go through that. And it's like, that's nuts. So you felt that, like, as well, I was you were watching, watching it, I was yeah. like, this is like, you know, because, like, you, like, resonate with it. Right. And you, like, automatically, like, split second start analyzing your shit, and you're like. Right. Um, I'm just going to be frank. I was having relationship problems at the time. So it was like when I, it's going to, when I tie it together at the end with when I went to go see the movie and like where I was at in life, it was, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. I was also like, I'm not going to say like emotionally unstable, but I was in an emotional state when I went to see the movie kind of mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. in my head mm -hmm. and then seeing it. And being really proud of it and being blown away and enjoying it. I was like, this shit's awesome. Yeah. I was like, people are going to love this movie. Yeah. I didn't even question yeah. it. I was like, this is fucking good. You knew it was special. Yeah. And then I saw the rock scene and I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like. Because did you know it was in there at that point? Because you don't. So you read the first only, 40 yeah, pages. Really, and then I started working and I got lazy and I didn't read it. Uh -huh. it I'm very, sure you read the sides very, very, each day. Yeah, every day. I'm sure. It was a very, very bad boy. Well, so the rock scene was a complete surprise to you then. Yeah, I didn't. And. But it had nothing to do with that scene. Right. You know, I never, I'd, like, a year had passed, and I, yeah. like, I didn't forget about the movie, you know? Yeah. But I, I it, it just was, like, I, it was kind of awesome because, like, I got to experience as a moviegoer a little bit. Yeah. So it was, like, and it seems just so simple, and there's, like, so many just bombs they drop, you know? It's so powerful, Yeah, you're that just, scene. like, it's just, like, punches to the soul. And, and it, like, good ones, though. temporally, it's so, it, like, hurts because it's so, it stops. Like, everything stops. Yeah. And because you were just going, going, going so fast. Yeah, it's change of pace, big yeah, time. Yeah, and it really just makes Quiet. you, like, sit there and breathe. Yeah, and you, like, or you're, like, thinking. It's, it's not just, you know, it's not like, oh, this movie visually was amazing. It looked great. Yeah. But it's not one of those, you know, uh, movies that's just you go, like, because there's movies I'll go see that I'm like, I just want to hear the badass score. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I want to see the visuals. I want to go get, see Blade Runner. Yeah, get go, drifted yeah. away. Then, it's like, it had elements of that. There's some really, really pretty scenes. But it was just like, it really was like a, like, weird... Uh, transitional audio and visually 
mentally like therapy session. It was like this weird, right? You just feel, you feel it was just like, you know, it was like, I feel like I watched like the matrix and like goodwill hunting at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it, it was just, it was so wild. And, the costumes looked really good, and the hair and makeup was great. They looked like they had a lot of fun. All those ladies together. are amazing. They're great. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just hit every note. I'm so glad you said that about the like very engaging watching of it and it being like therapy because I, I mean, each time I've watched it, I. I think I've cried every time I've watched it. <laughs> One of the times I cried the whole like runtime <laughs> just because I was sort of in that's what my friend emotional Emma, state. She was she was like I cried, and that she was, was like it. yeah she was like I cried the whole it time was, she, because I believe you know I, I believe from what I gathered from speaking to my um, Asian friends is you know I think stereotypically. Those are very strict households, and if you deviate, it's, like, frowned upon. Mm. You know, there's not, I don't think there's a lot of, and I'm not, I can't speak, you know, but that's the tone, you know, daughter was a lesbian, you know, her mom wasn't, like, really receptive, didn't make sense to her, she didn't understand, like, you know, it's just one of those, like, old school, like, that doesn't make sense, why are you doing that, stop. Right. And so I think a lot of people resonated mm-hmm. with their upbringings. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Not to speculate on how people were brought up or anything, but that was kind of the, you know, because one of the directors is Asian American, the other Daniel. And I'm sure, you know, he's a writer on it. I'm sure he put a lot of experiences and friend and family experiences in the movie. Because other, I mean, Everyone I've talked to that is of that heritage was moved by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just to point that it was like it was it was good to also see in Hollywood. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians is a funny, good movie. Yeah, it's right? a good time. For there sure. are a lot of big time, a lot of really good, um, you know, Asian, Chinese, American, however you want to label them, actors. That knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as like dramas, <laughs> the owls like it too. Yeah, they do. But as far as like the so dramas funny. go, it was like, I think they just, they checked every box. They painted every color. They really encapsulated like almost every element mm-hmm. of a story. Yeah, they really did. And they made it unique. Um, it's like also a very like dignifying movie too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just some oh, there's like a dildo fight and there's like some BDSM shit with the dude in his in his panic room with the dominatrix and it's just a bunch of kung fu. No, like it like they you know really get down to like some core values like moral stuff too. Right, like. The scene at the end when they're both the like what you would say best, most successful versions of themselves, movie stars are not together mm-hmm. because they chose a path. Mm-hmm. They chose careers 
over each other. Right. And Wayman told her, he's like, in another verse, I should do laundry and do taxes with you. I was like, that shit's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's so good. So I know. So hang on, hang on. Well, another snippet. Okay, that yes, scene please give me a snippet. They like, are kissing at the end. Yeah. It was the last thing we filmed. Really? And it started raining. No. At like 5, 5, 8, 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. And we're in this alley in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. And we're filming the scene. Like, it starts raining. It starts tripping. Like, oh, we gotta get this. We gotta get this. And we're in front of, like, you know, there's all these little apartments and businesses that have, like, parking garages that come out, you know. And so we start holding up umbrellas to, like, kind of block the rain a little bit so it didn't mess up, you know, hair and getting the cameras. Like, it wasn't a lot. We were kind of blocked. So just, like, a couple umbrellas was doing it. And we were just trying to rush. Like, we didn't want to build anything. We were like, let's just go, check, like, fighting the darkness here. Sun comes up, starting to rain. <laughs> so we're, like, in this tiny little alley. And we're, like, feeding background through, like, yeah. there's, like, people. Hold, it was, like, really, it was, it was kind of wild. Like, with the rush and the, huh. Oh, yeah. And then a car starts to come out. We're right in front of this garage. And this dude leaves. So we have to, like, shift down a little bit, get the car out. <laughs> and we just, like, kept filming. That was the last thing we filmed. Oh, my gosh. It was their embrace kind of at the end in their uh, superstar mode. Whoa. And those moments were just so good because it's, it's just, like, a bit like, look what you could have been and you're not. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're going through that, you know? Oh, no, I know. Yeah, that was my experience, like, watching the whole thing. Like, because when I watch it, I, the first time specifically when I watched it, I was very aware that I was watching it as I currently am. And also, like, right after Harold, which was, like, that was a whole thing that I could talk about um, experience-wise. But I was sort of just, like, in a mental, like, a mentally, like, really fulfilled like place at that point so i'm like sitting here watching this movie as i am now but i'm also watching it as like a 12 year old version of myself and having that experience and also as like a 15 or 16 year old and then also as like 20 years down the line 10 years down the line like i felt like i was watching it as my like full self like all of myself were together watching this movie and it was really intense yeah, it was, uh, yeah, because, I mean, and it's also, there's just, like, it was really good acting. It was, like, yeah. it, it it wasn't cheesy. Like, Mm-mm. none of it, there was nothing cliche or cheesy about any of it. And it, it felt, you can feel when people are putting themselves and things from themselves into stuff. Yes, you can. And, um. Especially with Key, who played Wayman. Man, that guy just killed it. He really did. It was oh so my good. God. Like, I, I just like every time he just was just so, there's just like the, the innocence, and he used to just like fight the world and fight evil with happiness about him. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, what a fucking guy. He really is inspired. Or, um, man. Is it no. on streaming or was it streaming on? It's on Amazon. I'm going to fucking watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should. I had, Did you only see it one time? Only once. Man, you got to go see it again. Um, But no, the Wayman montage, that's the moment. If I don't cry the rest of the movie, the Wayman montage is what gets me. It's so every good. Every time. It's so good. Um, so that's a moment for me that, like, 
breaks my heart in like the the best way. I like getting my heart broken. Oh, me too. Because because you know, we the reason we like movies, and TV shows, but I'm not that much of a TV show guy. Me neither. It's like, dude, give me the story in two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm way more invested in that. Right. That moment. The stakes are higher. You know, the moment. Yeah. It's all about that moment. It is about the moment. So, we, like, are in in a, like, emotionally vicarious state. Like, we live in it, you know? And it's, you know, it's a vibe. Mm-hmm. If they can, like, hit a certain vibe, certain style, certain aesthetic of the movie. So, like, that's what the nostalgia and stuff, and you remember it because of certain... Whether it's the music, the visuals, right, the you know the script, the dialogue, all that, when it's all hitting those things, it's like, whoa! It's like, I love that. It's that. It's kind of like that quote. Um, maybe it's my Angelo. I forget who says it, but um, it's like you're not gonna remember what they said. You're just gonna remember what it made you feel. And so, yeah, when I can, Correct. when I think about everything every girl at once, I just like feel my heart like breaking but in such a loving way i think it's only gonna grow over time it's oh, one yeah. of those movies that um because people already like i think at like the last comic-con people were dressing up from that movie oh i'm gonna be waiting for halloween yeah there was so <laughs> like so many people like i i saw a bunch of uh people on Instagram, like the makeup accounts and this and that, doing those cosplaying. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, her looks were insane. Especially at the end. Surely that go- costume yeah. designer is amazing. I can tell. I worked with, I worked with her again. Well, you know, I don't work we were on the same show. Right. Just sorry, it's just a habit of saying uh-huh. that. But we we said hey to each other, like she remember me, like we talked. Mm-hmm. Um she did She's a costume designer on that HBO show Generations. Mm-hmm. And even though that show is not my speed, I feel like the, you know, she's, it was high school kids, present day. And it was, I, I really thought it was unique and its own look. I mean, it's, I'm not like into fashion. I know what I like. I think I know what I think looks good, but I'm not, by any means into fashion. But it felt like she, it definitely is. I was, I was like, that's designing a look. Yeah. I was like, she did, she did it on everything I wrote once too. And, you know, it really showed in those alternate realities and stuff with Jobu. I mean, her costumes, like the Elvis one mm-hmm. or the evil Knievel one. I don't know. I think it was more, a little more Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like, that was awesome. That was amazing. We, had, we actually had a pig there that day. I it, I mean, everything looked real. And I was wondering about the little pig. He was so cute. <laughs> he had a little cameo. I think I have a picture of Jamie Lee laying with it. That's so sweet. Pigging out. <laughs> um, okay, I want to know a lot of things. But I also... We touched on it a little bit, so I'm sure you're going to say it again. But I want to know the moments of the film that um, broke your heart. Probably, uh, it, I'm telling you, it was it was badly. It was the all the flashbacks of 
Evelyn when she was a little girl with her dad, and then with Wayman when she was older, them leaving at a young age, mm-hmm. and like all that was just because that's like life. It's like you're just making decisions. You don't know where you're gonna go. You take twists and turns, and some people, a lot of people, end up where they don't want to be, and they're jaded, and they don't. They're you know you're caught in this life that you don't want. Yeah, and have I have I personally felt at times? I mean, here and there, not like overwhelmingly consistent to make me say I have, but yeah, I think we all have. And it's at the is towards the end when they're both movie stars and they both did what they actually wanted to do, and then realized that it's like there's like. it's almost like you can't have both type things, I felt too. Which, it's like this is the life you wanted, but then you take for granted the life you had. You know? It's like, when he delivers the line about, and I just want, would rather be in another life doing laundry and taxes with you. It's like, that's what you guys were doing. <laughs> And it's not even, yeah, like, you're, you're messing it up there, yeah, too. Yeah, because then it's like he has, like, the divorce papers. Yeah. Like, that's, God. you know, him with his <laughs> so divorce sad. papers was just so sad. It What, what was, And then like, he just starts kicking ass, and his other version of Wayman's being fucking awesome. And like, she falls in love immediately with him. Yeah. Which, ugh, man. But, man, that, I think that was the first heartbreak for me. But, you know, those moments, that, like, that whole, like, Jumping between the different Evelyns, <laughs> yeah. and it like keeps cutting it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. to the movie star yeah. Evelyn. And they're like, it's funny, like, they're both successful, right? You know, mm-hmm. like it's not like she went success and he's still like, like she saw, like maybe it's that for you both to be successful, you can't be together. Is mm-hmm. that a, was that a, or like have success in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense like that, but they can have a family, right? But having a family. And it's a different life than that. Yeah, it's a completely different choice, Trajectory. a completely different path. Like, yeah. She didn't want to, she felt like she'd made a mistake right, being his husband. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucked up. It's really sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad, like, but like, that's, you know, it's like Mrs. Outfire. Like, dude, this guy literally has to dress up as a woman and cross dress to see his children. Yeah. He's, yeah. That's, that's where he's at. Right. And he's living a double life just to see his kids. Right. Like, oh, ha, ha, Mrs. Doubtfire, funny movie. But, but really, actually. I mean, well, it has just like sad parts and it's real moments. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, this too. It's like, you know, uh, Wayman is like on the verge of a divorce and she has no idea. Oh, that's, yeah, that was the first heartbreak for me when the scene, like, when, when uh, he's like, oh, you know about this, like the divorce? And she's like, yeah, you gave it to me, but she's not talking about the divorce. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's like there on the paper, and he sees one thing and she sees another. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. But yeah. it's such beautiful storytelling. It's really good. It's just, it's, it's, the hits keep coming in that movie. And, um, you know, talking about blending things, you know I did recently? What did you do recently? I blended with somebody on Spotify. Oh. Yeah. Playlist is pretty good. What does that mean? No, I don't know what you're talking about. It's this thing you do where you like on Spotify, you can blend and you blend with somebody and it takes your music and makes a playlist. 
Oh, with somebody else's? Yeah, like your music compatibility. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Fine. It was, it was kind of cool because there's like, oh, I like some of these songs. Oh, that's cute. It'll tell you which ones are yours and which ones are theirs. And sometimes you have the same song and it'll tell you. Oh, that is really cute. Like cool. it's Spotify being all. Yeah, I did. Like, I, I blended playlists. <laughs> did you find some new stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's awesome. cool. It's cool. I'll it's have like, to try that out. It's just my like while we're on the subject of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, that's I need to try that. Hmm. Blending. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it's called. I think it's called, but yeah. Sorry to do that. Oh no, no, no. That's funny. Um Yeah, I had lots of moments of heartbreak in the movie, obviously. Um I think the most of the time it was around Waymond because I just felt like I really resonated with him the most like just his spirit i guess is what i feel like i both try to be and then also have been repressing a lot um and so basically like every time not, well, i'm gonna pull up some quotes from the movie keep going yeah please do please do um but one of the scenes that didn't involve Wayman that I really liked uh, is the sort of climactic scene with uh, Evelyn and Joy when they're just in the parking lot and they're finally like talking oh my God. to each other. And Heartbreak City. Right. And just wanting to be accepted and heard exa- by your parents. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not any, yeah, by the parents, but also just by just to be heard as yourself. And accepted as yourself. Um, but I really loved Evelyn's line where she's like, yeah, like, why would I want to be here? Like, I could have been this. I could have been yeah, that. Ooh, it's just- but she says, but the reason is it's so simple and so beautiful. It's literally just because she wants to. And that, like, that So here's the healed. line that is daggers to the heart every Okay, time. great. Let's go. So even though you've broken my heart yet again, yep. <laughs> I wanted to say in another life. I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Yep, that's it. Wrecking ball. Oof, and that's in the long car ride. Here's the other thing. It's like he's just dropping dimes the whole movie. <laughs> Another Wayman Wang. Uh. The only thing I do know is that we have to be kind. I know. Please be kind. (laughs) Especially when we don't know what's going on. That's the one that gets me every time. Everyone, like, especially that tattooed. I, yeah. Like that's a oh that's how you God. should honestly um Ugh. yeah and it, to your Evelyn all of the places I could be I just want to be here with you Ugh. <laughs> no the layman like being kind one that's like been my mantra this year I saw that and every time that line comes on I'm just done yeah and and like she she, she really just is uh, she finally starts to be honest yeah you know it's yeah. like she accepts who she is. Yeah. It's even like brutal in this right here. She says to Alpha and what she says this to Alpha Wayman. Those mm-hmm. are the different versions. Right. Right. I saw my life without you. I wish you could have seen it. It was beautiful. I Whoa. could not believe her like, when she said that in the hallway. No, 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 no. Um, also, when in there, they're in the van towards the beginning of the film, and she's just like jumped from the, I think the Deirdre, like Deirdre's chasing her or something. Um, but Wayman's talking about getting a divorce, and then uh, she's like, 
I, I didn't say that I wanted a divorce. And then he's like, you didn't have to. Yeah, it's... <laughs> that one hurts. <laughs> it's so good. So many lines. So many really good lines. Oh, the other Wayman one that gets me is towards the end of the movie. And um, Evelyn is just, like, messed everything up. Again, they're at their New Year's party. And she's, like, potentially getting arrested. Like, everything's yeah. going bad. And then um, she thinks Wayman's going to mess everything up again. And then Wayman comes over and he just, like, has this face. And he's like, okay, she's going to give us another chance. And then she's like, what did you say to her? And yeah. she's like, I don't know. I just talked to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> oh, he's just so good. But he's so right. Like, it, that's all you need to do. You just need to fight with love and be nice to people. I mean, it's so, it's so, um, <sighs> Wayman is just my hero. Is he the one that you most resonate with? You think I'm weak, don't you? All those years ago when we first fell in love, your father would say I was too sweet for my own good. Maybe he was right. <laughs> See, like, there is like getting into their history. Yeah. Big time. There's oh, yeah. all this like resentment that they've had. Poor Wayman. I know. Poor Wayman, but also like he's kind of the hero. You know, like the rock thing. Every new discovery is just a reminder. We're all small and stupid. Right. See, that was a moment that I watched it and I was like, oh, this is like 12 to 17 year old me watching at this moment. Yeah, and then, you know, Joy and Evelyn, that's the laundromat. It's just, it's just so much. So much. It's just so much. It's so heavy and so light at the same time. Yeah, like, here's something heavy for you. Oh, right is a small box invented by people who are afraid. Yeah. And I, and I know what it feels like to be trapped inside that box. Yo, it's... Oh, well, here's a question for you. So I, one of the reasons I found that I really enjoyed this movie was because it does, like, delve into a bit of existentialism, which I enjoy. I don't know. <laughs> I have dabbled in. Um, do What's you... your definition of existentialism? Oh, man. Because um, I'm an idiot. Well, I mean, same. Um, but <laughs> my... I guess my relationship more or less with it is that um, it's sort of philosophizing what existence, like, just is and means. And so oh. there's not, like, I, I know there's, battle. like... I fought that battle. I was going to add, that's what I was sort of getting at, is I was wondering if... You also really like it because you could resonate with those things. I just like it because it felt so different. Mm. It's just like, it's just, what other movie that's come out recently has been that original? None. I mean, like, yeah, it has elements of other movies in it. Sure, they all do. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, I don't. I can't think of anything. No, no. 
Like, I can definitely compare it to other things because of the yeah. references, but, like... It just it felt really different. It felt, felt like it brought a lot of stuff home. Mm-hmm. A lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts. I mean, like, it, it... I feel like it makes you, like, think about yourself, whether you want to or not. Yeah, well, the, the other thing is... Um, it's like, fuck, what have I been doing? Right. The... I think is. But the... The point of, I think, so I was, when I was doing a lot of live events and commercial stuff, had one on a run one day. I might have told you this on the last one, where I, like, spaced out while I was doing runs. Mm-hmm. And I thought about the rat race. Mm-hmm. And just everybody's just so focused on things that will not matter. Right. But we all are. Yeah. But I feel like if you don't do that, you'll go to a dark place, unfortunately. You'll go to the bagel. Or the abyss. Yeah. One of the two. None of them are good. The bagel is like the perfect symbolism. Who doesn't love everything bagel, first of all? Well, I can't eat them anymore because <laughs> now I have a vendetta against them. Don't um, take it out on the bagel. Well, it's a, <laughs> I guess it's a me thing. Um... But yeah, no, that's completely right. So, did you when you were working on it? Did you feel like it gave you more purpose or fulfillment than it did working on the the other show that you left for it? Yeah, I mean, it's yo, know, absolutely. Because uh, the other show is a network TV show that you've seen that show mm-hmm. a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. It's like the other day, I was like, oh man, I really want to see the Black Adam movie. And our roommate, who's also an AD, and you know, we love movies. She goes, "You've seen that movie already." I was like, you know what? You're right. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, is it not going to be another superhero movie? Not as. I mean, I, I, I like. I saw the preview and I was like, fuck, I don't want to see it. The previews really good. And I but... thought that also too about Wakanda Forever. Yeah. But then it's like at the end of the day, I know, I know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt any of it. Like, just all the CGI and it just all takes away from the story. Sometimes it's just all too much. So what do people really want to see? They care about the story, or they just want to see The Rock as a superhero? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's it was a really good choice for the role. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; I like The Rock, but you know what that movie's going to be, right? It's very predictable. It's a it's a popcorn movie. It's entertainment. It's like a safe movie that you know what you're getting. Yeah, like when you go, but a movie like this. You go, and I didn't have any idea what I was getting into. I just told heard people go I, see it. I do like DC stuff actually better. Yeah, me as well usually. Like the last Suicide Squad movie. Oh, I didn't see. It was the really fun. One. It was yeah, good. It's like, it's like geared towards adults. I feel like mm-hmm. so the humor's darker. They say bad language. Like it's not the Marvel model, so to speak. They have, of course, they have the elements and stuff, but. I just feel like it's geared towards a different audience. Like when I watch Peacemaker, mm-hmm. I love that shit. When I haven't seen that when they, but I do know that when they lean into so their Black Adam, you know, it's DC. Oh, okay. Is it? Uh, I think Black Adam. <laughs> I can DC. Look at um, but yeah, they they're kind of risky, which I like when they lean into their um, art films more. Which I really appreciate, like, like what? even, well, like, like Joker, or yeah, um, that was good. That was really good. Um, that was good. 
The Batman was honestly more art film than action film, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I like that movie. I loved it. I'm a fan. It was I'm the best depiction of Gotham yeah. on screen that I've seen. Yeah. For sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it was shot really well. I mean, everybody, like, people, oh, it's too dark. I'm like, dude, first off. There's like aesthetics to movies mm-hmm. and a feel. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Dark Knight, right? It's Batman. Yes. He tells you at the beginning of the movie, "I've like become nocturnal." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's and then it's like they have the repeat of like the uh, the fucking Nirvana song, something in a way that's just like total grunge and dirty and like <laughs> hard. You know, mm-hmm. and that plays it like I love it when they pick the moments to play that song. Mm-hmm. I really like how it's shot. It's so pretty. It felt. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, so I did. I too. thought I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was like, I loved it. I feel like the only like knock it out of the park better Batman movie is The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Even though Michael Caine and all of them, especially The Dark Knight Rises, is fucking amazing. Oh yeah, he could have won. He could have won Best Supporting Actor for Dark Knight Rises, and he should have for sure. He was awesome in those movies. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm also the guy that I can like look past things in a movie and f- try to find the good things in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I don't like all the bad things, you know? Mm-hmm. For instance, like I was, I, I rewatched the, the early 2000 movie Biker Boys. Oh, did you? Yeah. Which I think would be a good remake right now. It's about like a predominantly black motorcycle movie. Oh, that could be fun, especially in Atlanta. Yeah, like That'd be it really would cool. be awesome to do like a reboot in Atlanta with yeah. a good story and like shot well. That'd be sweet. Yeah, so I rewatched it, and at the end, there's like the showdown race between father and son. They've had a whole turmoil relationship, and it was like, I really like the storyline. But at the end, the the dude who's played by Lawrence Fishburne, they're having this race in like this farm this farm road. Uh huh. He lets up at the end and lets him win. <laughs> and I immediately, I sat through this whole movie and I just fucking turned it off. I was like, <laughs> what? I was so, I was like, I, like, I hadn't seen the movie in probably 15 years. I remember like it came out forever ago and uh-huh. I like, I'm vaguely remember it. So I was like basically rewatching it. <laughs> and then I saw that and I was like, it's such a terrible ending. <laughs> like this whole movie is like racing this code. And there's yeah. all this stuff and it's like get beat or get beaten and he lets up then, like he let it like, off the throttle just like goes completely yeah, against they're, like, the having all the these flashbacks when they're racing and he's like the whole movie you're like oh yeah he's, he, i don't know who's gonna win he might win yeah and you think the young guy's probably gonna win mm-hmm. this is where the whole movie's kind of leading up to right you. right and then Lawrence fishburne has this flashback and he's like oh, he revs it up faster and you're like oh he's not gonna give up and mm-hmm. then has a mo- the other guy has a moment, and then it comes back to Lauren Fishburne. He has one more flashback. He's like, I'm gonna let him win. I was like, What are you doing? I just turned it off. I was so pissed. <laughs> I didn't watch the last like six minutes of it. I didn't care. Yeah, they lost you. Like, that was bogus. <laughs> that sounds so funny. Um, well, going back to everything everywhere, um, I want to know about your favorite like bits and pieces of it so we can start with who is your favorite character or who like who's your favorite character and like what do you see in them or why are they your favorite i just like wayman yeah he's the best uh, 
I think it's just somebody that's okay with who they are and with their life. And just try to be happy and be nice with what they have. And, I mean, not that, I mean, he kind of felt like Evelyn's punching bag a little bit. Oh, completely. She walks right over him. Yeah, and, you know, he just loved her. And I feel like he knew she wasn't happy and still, you know, try to make the best of it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the life we have. And uh, I don't think a lot of people can live in that, with that mindset. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could. Mm. You know? So do you wish that you were more like Wayman? Well, like, you know, we all I wish I'm who I am, but, you know. Yeah. There is, like, qualities that you're like, you know, that's a, that's a good person. Mm-hmm. And you can get behind him. And you want. I was like, hey, everyone's kind of mean. She is kind of mean. But, you know, it's about her and her journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a real, like. You know, there were times when I was like, fuck, she's laying it. That's just mean, dude. <laughs> like, she's being brutally honest. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. And that's like that's what I'm saying. It's like the character arcs and those stories are like, you just got, at some point I was like, what is going to happen? Yeah, because you really don't know. I was like, what is going to happen? You really don't know. And each of the Man, characters like has an arc. the ending, but it's like all these different, like, there's so much in each level. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, kinda, I was like, I knew, I had an idea, like, I remember how we shot, but you don't know how it's going to be edited, you don't know how it's going to look. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, I don't know how it was going to end. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how what everything they were going to use, what they weren't going to use. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was a treat. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that was probably, Wayman was probably my favorite character. Who did you relate to the most? It was probably Wayman. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I had a lot of personal problems going on. Uh-huh. Definitely when I saw the movie. Sure. Um, And so, like, I uh, I related to that a lot. Mm, yeah, that was my experience yeah. as well. Um, So what was your, I think I know the answer to this one, what was your favorite universe? Okay, I don't think you will get. There's two. I, there's I know two that, that I really like. I have two guesses. So the hot dog hand universe was fucking hilarious. Is that one of them? Well, I just really liked, even though like it was a lot of like I don't know, sort of pastel colors, like the, yeah, the peaches, like and the, the sort of like fifties. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And the 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 hands were just it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's completely absurd. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really like I was like, I was like, how did you guys come nowhere. up with this? Truly, and like I want to sort of explore like the trajectory of how it got there. I wish they would do like a (laughs) right, but you just get it. Yeah, you just get it. So that was really cool. And then, uh, what was it? The universe I like the most. Yeah, your favorites. You said you had two. So I forgot the other one. I was about to tell you. There's so many. Well, uh, here's the ones that I thought you were yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. One, I thought you were going to say The Rock universe. Well, I did. That really was just perfect. It, yeah. And then the other one. Say just a lot of like relevant things for like our time mm-hmm. about how people view the things we do and they don't understand how big the universe is and how big the world is. And everybody's, I think everybody's focus was a little off. Just in general, like just this world, and so the rock, and you know, they're just rocks, right? Yeah, you know? and you don't need to worry about anything there because you're a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So like that was 
definitely just I haven't really seen that done. No. Something like that. No. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Well, you haven't seen it. Yeah, and I thought that was... I've watched a lot of movies, and I was like, that's pretty awesome. But it was hot. I really like the hot dog. Fuck, there was one. The Wong Kar Wai universe? What? Like, the Wong Kar Wai one, like, where she's a movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... They just... Because that's like... That's... There's like a lot of build up to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That when they're both famous and they're, you know, in that moment, they're, I feel like they're living, like they've lived that life. So they know they're like happy with their success, but then they see they don't have each other and they miss the small things. Yeah. You know, those little, little moments, the little idiosyncrasies about being with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the, the random uh, animated universes right. too. Those were really neat. Yeah, and the, oh, the pinata one. <laughs> I also one of the coolest things we filmed. Yeah, was Jobu's like sanctuary, the all white. Oh yeah, that was when I went to. It was like at a church, some type of church downtown, uh-huh. and the morning was really shitty. Because it was pouring rain. Oh, interesting. So I had to get like these older background. Huddle under these tents at catering. Get them on a bus. Shuttle them to where they'd get ready there. It was like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I finally, you know, I don't, when you're running background, sometimes you don't get up to set until you're almost getting ready to shoot. Oh, yeah. So you miss a lot of the setup. But I get this place. And I was like, it was in fucking heaven. <laughs> Like well, they it's were all pumping white, so yeah. much like CO two smoke, mm-hmm. and it was like staying low to the ground, mm-hmm. right? Right. And it just covered the floor, and it Whoa. was so awesome, <laughs> and it looked so fucking cool on the screen. <laughs> it was, the, and it was like little to no CGI, like except for like the bagel and probably some other little yeah. visual effects stuff. Yeah. But like that floor, I mean, they might enhance it a little bit, but it was like covered. That was it. Wow. Yeah. I, that's so interesting that they shot it like, on I have location. Pictures from my iPhone with it. Whoa. Right. Oh, it was on location. Because I was, thought it. I was like, oh, surely they did this on no, stage. That was but the that's so interesting. That we were in and it was like, whoa. Well, like, do you know like cool. what? Did they have to do too much to the? interior or was it just like that it was already it was already all white whoa yeah it was cool it was super rad um i really liked seeing that and being a part of that because i thought i was like this is gonna look sick yeah it really does it's really crazy i was like fuck yeah it really makes you feel like you're there and i loved the um (laughs) the well actually wait so this happened before covid but the, it looked like the people in there were wearing like those covid face shields they were was but it was before covid so it was like a nod to that i don't think so i think that it just it visually it looked like futuristic well essentially you know like those shields yeah yeah, yeah. they have like a little reflective mm-hmm. color on them i think too and it mm-hmm. was um yeah it was it was super cool and um the other thing i really liked was when they were jumping between a lot of those universes. Uh not the ones where Evelyn was a kid mm-hmm. and like they're like the Hong Kong. That was in um I was in Chinatown somewhere, these like old apartments. Mm-hmm. 
but it the like the when she's like a movie star and they do like her quick filming scene and she's at the karate competition yeah and then there's like another scene where like Jobu was on a bus with people there's like like seven different scenes that we did in like one day whoa and there's like a ton, there's like seventy background they all had like five different looks oh my god I didn't leave base camp for like. 11 hours that day yeah just like people like I'd go, go, get go. a group ready send them out get the next group ready get these people back change them and it was just like but i remember we did that in like one day wow and i think that we did another like our whole last two weeks was all on location whoa yeah doing all that like um like when she's uh doing her martial arts thing that was in a park by the dodger stadium mm-hmm. um the movie scene, not the not the movie premiere, but the movie scene in the karate tournament, and like a few other ones were like in the same building, mm-hmm. little sets throughout the building. And it was it was cool how it was. It felt like you know they had they had a good good bit of money. It wasn't like some crazy fifty million, seventy, hundred million dollar movie, but they had some money, and it was kind of cool to you know get out of that building and go to some locations and this and that and it all just came it was just all like the last two weeks flew by you know we're doing overnights and it was um good times though good crew Mm -hmm. it sounds really efficient if they had like that many wardrobe changes for background and everything and shooting on location yeah i'm sure that movie was a hard prep oh i'm sure and all the different looks i mean jobu alone it was insane Mm -hmm. you know because they, they it, it starts to, you know, you got to match and continuity and know what uni- they look like in this universe mm-hmm. and match the hair or the cuts and this and that. Right. Um, it's a lot to keep track of. Oh, my gosh. I bet the script supervisor yeah, <laughs> had she, her job yeah, cut out for her. Was, yeah. It was, she was a good, a really nice lady. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was it was a ride. It was it was really fun. The stunt work was really awesome. I think one of the stunt performers worked on Harold. She was Porcupine stunt. She was. She yeah. was that was Jamie Lee's stunt double. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a small world. Yeah, and it's smaller. It's both bigger and smaller every day. <laughs> um, what was your favorite scene or scenes to shoot and then to watch? Like as a finished Definitely piece. the fanny pack nunchuck thing because uh key actually did a lot of that too oh cool i mean andy the stunt his stunt double was badass but yeah i, I remember key they're like oh some of the flipping and stuff but like he didn't do but like a lot of that he did himself so i remember like he went through a couple of times and we were all like yeah he killed it that's amazing yeah and uh that was fun i i loved doing when Deidre and Evelyn fight in that stairwell, that was fucking awesome. That scene gets me every time with the Claire de Lune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah, that, like, she does, like, the whole Matrix jump down the stairwell. Like, and it's just one Because we had Jamie Lee, like, because we did for her close-up when it's camera looking up and she, like, comes into the camera. Yeah. That was her. Yeah. Right? And I was like, that's so awesome. But, like, the run and the jump when she, like, the run, jump, 
and the hand and the push off going up right. was a shot. Uh-huh. And that's when then they cut to either that profile or the other one. And the one where she's coming down at camera. And right. That was her. So it was funny seeing Jamie Lee up there. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that was that was really fun. Yeah. Then, oh, this was the universe that I love the most. Oh, tell me. The Rakakuni. Yeah, Rakakuni. Seeing a little With anim- the taxidermy. And the little animatronics. little robotic fucking raccoon. Yeah. I just love that story that Evelyn was like, we'll get him. And they like, she, <laughs> we were in like some mall, like parking lot doing that. Right. It was hilarious. Yeah. The Rakakuni was a good one. Ugh. We went to that, like we were at some like hibachi restaurant. Yeah. It was, it was funny. Yeah. It was good though. That was such an inventive reference as well. Yeah. Cause like it was, and I don't know if they did this intentionally or not, but like it, was right around the time when uh, Ratatouille like had a resurgence on right. TikTok right. as well, and they made that whole like Ratatouille musical or whatever. Right. <laughs> so it was just like everybody knows. I don't know was, what like, made ratting. them go. It's like we need to have a raccoon. We need to have like a Ratatouille universe, but right. with a raccoon. Right. And I felt so bad when his little raccoon got caught up. <laughs> and he like rescued him from animal control. That was funny. Oh my gosh. So that was the other, I really like, I just thought that was funny and I just like liked it a lot. It was really funny. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Mm -hmm. That was fun. The elevators with the cops and the confetti was fun. I love the elevator. Like when they, when she changes them into the, yeah, I forget what you call the, with the fruit on the head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The dancers. Right. I forget what they're called that as well. That was one of our stunt guys. I so that was yeah, that was something I noticed was that the um like a few of the same stunt people were just in it as characters throughout, which was interesting. Yeah, a lot of them are. Yeah. The, one of the Andy who was the which uh, other cool scene to do is when Michelle fights Andy Lee, <laughs> where he has the pipes, and uh-huh. they go butt plug crazy. Yeah. So that security guard, the ball one, he, right. uh, Brian, him and Andy are brothers. Oh, interesting. They have this whole following called the Martial Arts Club. Everybody should go check them out. They have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and they have an Instagram, and they're badass. Andy was the death dealer in Shang-Chi. So I think those guys, all of them are really talented, mm-hmm. and uh, they can act, too. Brian was a security guard that Wayman, the one that's, like, telling him to stop. Yeah, yeah. He tries to arrest him or whatever. Right. So uh, that was, seeing those guys and kind of, like, hearing their story was kind of cool. They, I think they really hustled their way up, and I think they were kind of self-taught in the beginning and mm-hmm. became, I guess, technically trained. I'm not sure, but their story... They have a really cool story um, and kind of, I think they're just guys that like just grinded it out and like hustled their way and now they're, they're blowing up. Yeah. They like, they got like videos with like Jackie Chan and shit. Like they know him and yeah, they're, they're true to the craft and they make like all types of videos. They do a lot of their own camera work and editing. Right. They're just really passionate. Yeah. They're really passionate and you could tell that. They took a lot of time. They did a lot of stunt rehearsals and mm-hmm. fight choreographing and really mm-hmm. got into it. Well, the fight choreography the, is like... It's on point. It's really intense yeah. and intentional and like yeah. amazing. Like the whole scene where she fights all those alpha 
yeah. people in that the office with yeah. the shield and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were stunt double. Michelle did some of it too, but her stunt double was really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I had worked with her a few days on Star Trek Card too. Mm-hmm. I didn't like know her super well. It was like, oh, hey, you know, you, like, you have all these connections a right. little bit. Yeah. She's really talented. All of them are. Like, I followed them. I've been following them on every Instagram ever since. They're all yeah. really talented and mm. a lot of really good wire work, too. It looked like a really fun show for yeah, wire work. Yeah, there's a lot of good wire work and a lot of special effects. Yeah. You know, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I watched, um, oh, well, when they re released it, so it had its release and it was in theaters for a long time. Um, it was like out for five or so months i think four or five months here and then it was out for like a month and then it came back and when it came back it had like the bts like thing so i went and saw that and it was so cool to see how many of the gags were practical yeah it was a lot Um, like the pinky like push-up thing and then um i think you mentioned the chair like the wheelchair and stuff yeah yeah i mean like I also thought the other cool set was the van that they were in. The van. The alpha people in that van. Oh. The way them all hooked up in yeah, it. Yeah, right. That was a really cool. Little, it was like, we didn't use it a lot, but it was that was like a really cool. A lot of the sets were awesome. And then like, like Gong Gong's wheelchair. Yes. souped up. Like that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it makes you, I would imagine it's so much easier to act in those environments too. Like when you feel like you walk onto set and you're really in the place. That you're supposed to be pretending that you're in? Yeah, it was, uh, it's just. So I'm going to get into the, what really wrapped it all up in a nice bow for me. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's been eating at me to tell this story. Okay, please tell me. (laughs) So, stopped working on that movie. Principal photography ended in March 13th of 2020. Mm -hmm. Six months pandemic come out of the pandemic and day playing around and then around march of 21 mm-hmm. i took a show did it for like six months that's when the reshoots happened mm-hmm. and then in october i just worked on the broken lizard super trooper guys newest movie Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of wild. Like I've I've had some like really like out there movies. You really have. And this one, <laughs> this one was set in like 13th century France. And it's a comedy oh. with the Super Trooper guys. Oh, interesting. And it was really interesting because they all play like two characters. Yeah. And one of the guys was also the director and playing two characters at the same time. Hmm. Really interesting. So during that movie. I had a lot of personal problems going on in life and working out in L.A. and just going through a lot. And, and around November, I decided I, was like, I need to like change some shit up. Need, my life needs it. And so I decided I was going to move to Atlanta mm-hmm. to pursue the assistant director role in the film industry and you know get out on my own a little bit, relive, refine myself, all that kind of shit. And so it was a big move for me. Even like, it's not, like not a big move, but it's like a big scenery change. I've been living risk. in Georgia for eight years and being yeah. away from most of my family and old environment, whatever, whatever, whatever. So like in like early weeks of December, like I knew I was leaving. 
it was like really like I knew I was like it was all prepped. It was like a lot emotionally swirling, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I get an email about a screening for cast and crew, mm-hmm. everything I want. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, cool. <laughs> and then I was like, a job came up that I thought I was going to have to take, and I was like, fuck, I don't get to go see it. Well, then the job went away, and I was like, okay, great. Meant to be. So, yeah. Well, it was at the London Hotel, swanky. Oh. In Hollywood. That sounds amazing. And, you know, it gets darker around this time. So it's usually dark by 536. So I was driving there alone. And I knew I was leaving L.A. And I was going to see this movie. I was having all these relationships, personal problems. I'm going to see this movie. I meet up with my buddy, Ken. I was like, we were, I was like, hit him. I was like, yeah, man, we'll sit together like bros. Of course. Right. Can't leave your bro hanging. Bromance. Start together, end together. Yeah. So we go. And it's a really nice hotel. You know, Valley of the Car on the house. Uh, A24 did a really nice, like, private screening in their theater. They had the popcorn, sodas, little snacks for us. And then there was a reception afterwards with finger foods and drinks for free Mm -hmm. upstairs afterwards. So... The whole drive-in is just, like, driving through Hollywood with all the signs and shit going by. All these, like, iconic places like Tower Records, the Viper Room, the 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 comedy store, mm-hmm. you know, all these landmarks. And you're driving through Hollywood to go see a screening of a movie you worked on. And the lighting's right. The night, It's like a whole mood going there and knowing what I'm about to do, which is a leave LA. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just like very retrospective out of body, like focusing on all these little details. And I get there and every, most of the crews in the bar having a drink. To, it's like taking forever to get one. So I just get one afterward. I saw a lot of people we worked with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I meet up with Ken get our seats, watch the fucking movie. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was really just, it was a little overwhelming. Not not like anxiety, but like you're just like in this moment. Yeah. And, um, I was like, and then I went upstairs and had drinks, but it was like leaving LA on a note doing the most Hollywood thing to right. go see like a private screening of this movie at a really nice hotel. And so it wrapped it up for me a lot mm-hmm. in that moment, just with what I had going on, the movie, where it was, going there, and like knowing that it was like, you not just like leaving all this behind, but it's just this new chapter, new phase, different life, you know, and then you see this movie, and you're going through all of these things that the movie's touching on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if anyone went to that movie and couldn't relate to something about that movie. I think it's impossible. No matter what juncture you are in life. And I actually, it touched on a lot of things for me. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really cool. Uh, Something that is like very vivid. Even now, I know it's only like two years ago or wait, like a year and a half ago, but it's still like, 
very much there. And it's like, really, it's just like the fact that it was a movie that was like the last one you did before this COVID era in the film industry where you see, you know, we're not, you know, some shows have to wear a mask outside and it's kind of normal, but it was like that last one. Fast forward through all the stuff I went through, other projects I did, working on my last movie in town, and knowing that I'm about to go embark on this new journey, Mm -hmm. the scenic, you know, cinematic drive to go see the movie. By yourself. Thinking of all this shit that's been going on the last two months, which is really like my personal life escalated with issues. And going to see this movie, it was just like, whoosh. <laughs> it and just hit like, you like it, a truck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God. Mm. And it made it did make me feel a certain type of way. I can honestly say I've never worked on anything that I had been emotionally moved by. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like in any, and it's really cool to be. So, like, now I'm on the constant search to, like, find that again. Mm-hmm. But... You gotta get. Just, sometimes you just get lucky to work on certain things, you know. Yeah, well, exceptionally lucky. It sounds like the movie both. It found you at the right time, both at the beginning and the end, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's like I was in two totally different. Yeah. Mindsets, kind of, you know. But it seems like it made it. I mean, you were gonna leave regardless. Because that was your plan, but it seems like it made it, like, okay. Well, it's just like, when you're closing doors, mm-hmm. uh, not not that it always matters, but how you close a door sometimes yeah. is like, you know, it's a lot. Right, like, are you slamming it? Or, or like, you're walking, you're, you're, your exit, you know? It's yeah. like always, you know, I think there's a way you can exit things, too. Mm-hmm. Um and it was, this is like, it's like, well, the last thing we talked about was being present. Mm-hmm. And I was like very alert and attuned. I was like in tune to that moment so much. Mm-hmm. I was just, just, just wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. And I think also I'd been day playing on a show in Hollywood too, right before I shot that. And I was working in Hollywood a lot. So it was just wrapped up in like old school LA like we worked in one of the oldest Italian restaurants in Hollywood and like I just got really nostalgic about the area for some reason like I never even really fucking cared about Hollywood that much like when I was in LA I never went and hung out in Hollywood well it's kind of I'll go buy my slimy. weed at a dispensary in like West Hollywood <laughs> well sure right and like Hollywood's kind of ni- slimy and there's some nice restaurants and stuff I usually stay in the valley or go to Studio City yeah but um with that being said, it, you know, it's like the little things like this, like the envelope and the good luck thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's just special. You don't get that with every movie. You know, a lot of, a lot of TV just doesn't, it's not built to be that way. It's not built to be something different and something special. Mm-hmm. So that's like not every movie is, but then sometimes you get on ones that are. And they make it. That makes it so much more yeah, meaningful. Yeah, like, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I said, you know what? I want to leave this shitty TV show. It's not fulfilling. It's just a paycheck. And when I'm, of course, look, there's people that go on runs for TV shows for eight, ten years, mm-hmm. right? But it's all about the, the, um, 
the cohesiveness of the people you're with. And I'm glad that I decided to leave one bubble and go to another one. Mm. Um, I don't know. The movies brought me a lot of things. It's, I need to watch it again. You do need need to to watch watch it again. again. It's, I think with over time, it's just going to grow more, whether it's like a cult film or not. It doesn't matter, but I think it's probably kind of like Pulp Fiction. You know, I think it'll be like a Pulp Fiction type movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, immediately the the reception to it was so strong and so positive and uplifting that I can't imagine it would just fizzle out. And yeah, it's only going to grow. Yeah. Like you were saying. To, and who knows what those Daniel brothers will do next? Didn't they just sign something with Universal? Yeah, or something? I mean they should. Like that's a. They said they like. I never felt like they didn't know what they were gonna do. Yeah, you know they were very much like that. It was never like well, we got to think about what we're gonna do. Oh, it was always like very much from their brains. Yeah, and I mean, that's how Swiss Army Man was too. Yeah, you know, there's like. You know, there's times where you got to, like, think of a creative way to get out of a situation when Mm -hmm. something's not working. That's creative problem solving. Yeah, but it didn't seem, it didn't, I didn't pick up on it that there was always, like, they couldn't figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. it was always just very clear, very well thought out. What was something that you remember that was a... Not an issue, but well, one of those anything. moments. It's just like sometimes you get on these on, on shows or movies, and it's like you're doing a bunch of takes, a bunch of different ways, and like you know they want a bunch of different options, and it's like it's redundant, and it's just like what did you like? What are we shooting? Like mm-hmm. it's not anything particular. It's just they their their process was good. Yeah, and there wasn't always. Like, I mean, sometimes they did alternate stuff or an alternate line, but it wasn't. It's like they knew what they wanted. They knew what they needed. Mm-hmm. And to do that with some, a script that's so complex and has so many elements is is pretty cool. Um, I mean, even like with the lady that was fighting with her pet shih tzu or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I mean, that's like not an easy thing to shoot. As silly as it was, and as funny as it was, but it still was done well. Was the um the doll like the pet doll ever on a wire, or was it just thrown? I think it was just on its like they had it on the leash, but I don't, yeah, they never, I don't think they had to rig anything crate too too wild for that. Yeah, they didn't have to do anything too wild for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just so glad I worked on it. So glad to be a part of it. It's such a special, like, both moment in time for you to have worked on it, but then, like, a special just project for not only your career, but, like, for your life. Yeah, in between when, like, when it started in mid-January, when we finished, like, from when it started mid-January to the moment I saw it in 21, December of 21, so from January of 2020 to December, like 16th of 21, mm-hmm. was a lot was going on. Mm-hmm. So it was like I worked on the movie, and then almost full like a full year goes by, right? And then later in that year, you you go see it, and there's like going through so much, and 
it just, I don't know. It, if you, even I feel if you just went into it as like your life was like stable, you still, I think it would unearth things. Oh yeah. That was my experience. Makes you dive into sure. like your own self. Like you can't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you go, if you're a movie goer and you like, like movies, like you get sucked into it. Yeah. And you start analyzing yourself and you're like, what have I been doing? What yeah. What could I have been? I've been wasting my life away. Oof. Don't know how to communicate. Right. This isn't what I wanted. Right. It's not what I meant. You know, it's not what I'm, it's not what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. It was everybody. And and I, the, the title explains it so well. And the title is like a little lengthy, but it's like it's everything in life. It's everywhere. And it's hitting you all, like, all at once. Mm-hmm. Boom. And it's not just you. It's everybody Every, as well. Yeah, it's, it's literally in the title. So good. It's so good. Well, I'm so glad that you had that experience, all of those experiences, all at once. And I'm so glad that you were able and wanted to share some of them with me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, other people might have had a different experience working on it. I can't speak for everybody, but it was definitely super fun, super wild, super original, super sweet, whole way through. Everybody was working really hard. Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. But you're never going to forget it. Dude, I'm going to go watch it again. Rewatch. You should. You should. It was good. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Anytime. Welcome back, friends. I hope you enjoyed those behind-the-scenes stories from Everything Everywhere All at Once with my buddy Dan. If you enjoyed hearing from Dan today and you'd like to hear some more of his boots on the ground production stories, you can check out the episode right before this. Let me play season two, episode five, Presence. You can also keep up with him and his other creative endeavors on Instagram at cool underscore is underscore a underscore rule. If you're leaving this episode feeling inspired to watch Everything Everywhere all at once again, and you are also in the timeline where it is pre-Oscars, you can probably catch a theatrical re-release of the film, which is very exciting. And failing that, you can also watch it on Amazon Prime. If you'd like to continue traversing the multiverse with us at the Let Me Play project, you can verse jump onto Substack, Instagram, and Twitter and follow us there. And if you feel especially inclined for a mini side quest, you can leave us a review on the podcast streaming platform that you're listening to. Legend says that the more stars you leave, the more soot sprites will be fed. So take that as you will. Next week, we'll be back with a new word and a new friend, but until then, please be kind, especially when you don't know what's going on. Take care, and thanks for playing.